0: Podcasts. It's real simple, you know. If you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts David Haw and Dan Weeder We're gonna take the North and never give it back. Welcome into the Take the North podcast, presented by Odyssey. I am Dan Weeder joined this evening by Herb Howard of the Bigs. Here we are uh, in Tampa. Trying to wrap our brains around what just happened on this field behind me inside Raymond James Stadium. Buccaneers 27, Bears 17, another ugly loss, the 12th consecutive defeat for the Chicago Bears. Herb, how's it going?
1: It's going all right. all right, man. Good on you for for staying in that stadium. I got out of there as quickly as I could, wrapped up my postgame work, and I was like, let me just get back to my room because I don't even want to be here anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there are vibes, you know, and, and uh, y- you feel it still with this team through uh, a long week after the loss of the Packers, you hoped that they would come out with some urgency against the Buccaneers. I think they did. I think they started off pretty well. They were able to hold the Bucks to a field goal on the first drive and then came right back with a 75 yard touchdown drive. And you go, okay. That's what it looks like. That's what winning football looks like. You're executing at a high level, you're moving down the field, and then for the next three and a half quarters, they were non-existent and getting their, their teeth kicked in. And I just I just wonder what you make of the inconsistency today. And we'll obviously dive into some specifics here really quickly.
1: Yeah, no, it was more of the same that you saw last week. Just a lot of blame to go around. You're trying to figure out is it the game? plan is it the coaching is it the is it the the specific play call in certain situations or is it just about execution is it about what Justin is doing is it about what the defensive front is not doing is it about what the backing isn't doing specifically on third down? and so they, you see flashes of it in the game where they hit Chase Claypool. And so you see some signs of life that, that you want to hang your head on and say there's some hope, but the inconsistencies just continue to ail this team and do not allow them to win. Like you said, it's 12 straight games now. And I asked Iba Luce about that, and he kind of passed it off by saying, you know, most of these guys weren't here last year. I yeah. get that. But a lot of them were, and nobody's felt victory in that locker room in a long time. And now you're staring at 0-3, headed to Arrowhead to face the defending Super Bowl champion and reigning MVP next week.
0: Well, yeah. So it's interesting you bring that up because I asked to Marcus Walker, I said, look, like it feels heavy, you know, and this is a guy that is new. He is a guy that wasn't here last year, but he understands what the Bears are trying to do. And he, he acknowledged, yeah, it's heavy. And he said it's heavy because the guys are, are hoping to change it and guys are hoping to get this thing turned around. And that's the first step. But as I wrote in my column for Chicago that may be the first step, but this is a hundred flight climb that the Bears have to make from where they are now yeah. to where they're headed. And so, yeah, it's great to take the first step and acknowledge that guys want to change it and are going to put in the work, but it's just so daunting to look up at that mountain and go, my God, this climb hasn't even gotten anywhere yet. And so uh, that, that's part of Part of what they're facing right now is that morale dip that they're going to have to fight through, as you mentioned, going to week three with what I say is a a name-your-score scrimmage for Patrick Mahomes and company with, with Andy Reid manning the Mercy Controls.
1: Yeah, and the, the frustrating part is that you thought that they had kind of, you know, taken some steps in, in that climb, and to realize that you're still so far from the summit is frustrating at this point. You thought they had added some talent. You bring in a, a, a number one wide receiver. You get a top 10 draft pick. You add some pieces to that defensive line, and it just still has not come together, and that's the frustrating part. It's like, we're still that far away from the top, and it's like, Yeah, we're still that far. And you're still you're so far from the top that you have to contemplate whether or not you gotta start this whole journey over again. It's gonna start talking about change at the coordinator positions, change that the head coach maybe, change at the quarterback. You like you aren't far enough from the ground where those things are not even a possibility.
0: Yeah, that's scary. I mean, that's scary. And so let's dive into some specifics here because, you know, I feel like pretty much the game felt like it was sealed entering the fourth quarter. The Bears hadn't played well enough to give you any sense of belief that they were going to be able to to, to close the gap and and compete. And then lo and behold, they get the touchdown drive. They held the the Buccaneers uh, in check enough to keep them from running away with this game. And then it's 20 to 17, and they've got possession of the ball. Granted, it's inside their own 10-yard line, but you've got an opportunity there to rewrite the script. You've got the ball. Your quarterback's got an opportunity to to lead one of those game-winning drives that we've longed for 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 the better part of the last two years. And you say, okay, the stage is yours. It's not going to be easy. It's a high degree of difficulty, but let's see what you got. Well, what happens? On technically the first play of of the drive, albeit the third snap because of penalties on both teams, to start that possession, you get a pick-six touchdown by Shaq Barrett on a screen pass over the middle. Yeah. And there's a lot of discussion yeah. that can go into this play. I'll just leave it open-ended there and give you my thoughts after I hear from you on that sequence, which at 20-17 to 17, all of a sudden became the 27-17 knockout blow.
1: You know how many times you've seen, you know, Rodgers in that situation. You've seen Tom Brady in that situation get into position for the game time field goal or the game with- touchdown When the Bears took the field, in your heart, you hope, right? You hope that they can go down there and get it. But in your right mind, you didn't think they were going to go down there and put that either that field goal on the board and certainly not the touchdown, right? You could have been hoping for the field goal, but it just didn't happen. And so they get out there, and then then the play calling comes into question. You run the screen. And then you run the screen again, and it's like, okay, enough of this, right? You get these def- you get these defensive linemen, and they start to understand. They start to get a feel for it, this screen game. They say, wait, 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 this doesn't feel right. Let me retrace my steps. And that's all Shaq Bear did. It didn't feel right to him. He felt the screen coming, snipped it out, retraced his steps, went back, and then he was athletic enough to get a one hand pick. And then he's basically at his own goal line at the goal line right there, anyway. And so, a uh, very nice play by him, but. You didn't help him you didn't help the situation out with the play calling I don't put that on Justin is there something he could have done possibly when I watched the tape again I he could, I'm sure he had other options or something else he could have done but in that situation the play call itself was reckless and dangerous
0: well I think in that case you, you know you're right I think once you see that there might be a rusher kind of peeling off his stunt and and getting into the throwing lane there. You just got to dirt it. You got to get rid of it and live to see another down. It's first down. It's not fourth down there. And those turnovers are are killy. I, I, I understand what Luke's trying to do there. You're trying to get some space right, to then launch into what you want to do in your two-minute drill, and you don't want to leave what happened on the first snap of that drive, which was negated by a penalty, but Check Barrett comes off the edge, and now there's two guys in the end zone. They're pushing Justin out the back of the end zone. He knows he's got a free play, so he throws it up. It gets intercepted. And it's just all a mess, and to your point, when that drive started, I don't think there was anyone in the stadium that said the Bears are going down to win this game, and that's the scariest part of it all. You mentioned it with the great teams and the great quarterbacks. You're like, okay, what is this going to be? And here, you're like, is this going to be a turnover on downs, or is it going to be a turnover or is it going to be a catastrophic turnover that ends in the end zone and it was the the last of those three options <laughs> the worst right, right. And so like, like that's the scary part when, when when that's kind of the mindset of everyone watching you because we've seen it too often and so that you know that brings up the other question because again they get they get moving down the field on the first drive they they force feed DJ Moore a couple times they hit him the second completion to DJ Moore was one of the, the the cooler plays of the game in my opinion from a Bears lens because the blitz is coming And Khalil Herbert picks it Mm -hmm. up and DJ's got a choice route and DJ breaks the way he wants to break. And Justin reads it the way DJ read it and they drill it for 31 yards. And you're like, okay, this is it. This is why DJ Moore is part of this team. This is why he's such a weapon. You get in the end zone there. And then all of a sudden you wait like an hour and a half of real time before you put together another drive that felt the same.
1: they couldn't continue with any consistency. They got the one drive and then six drives of relatively, you know, nothing. And then they get another good drive. And and that's what's maddening about it. That's what allows you to say, wait, they they could have it. They could have something here. This thing could come together. These weapons that we talked about, when you talk about DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, who was, you know, out injured for a lot of the game, but Cole Kamei and all. All these different pieces, you see these flashes and it says, "Okay, this makes sense. I can see how this can work." And sometimes you see Justin read and deliver on time, in rhythm, with accuracy, and it gives you hope. But you just don't see it enough. You can't have it for two drives in a game. You need to have it more consistently. And I, it just did not work out for for the Bears today. I gotta give a shout out to the the, the, the punter from from Tampa Bay. I'm I'm, I'm Camarda, blanking on the right Camarda. now, but he had a pretty good game. Yeah. Not not only did he have the the booming punt that everybody was talking about when it went 80-something yards in the air (laughs) into the end zone, but the punt that backed the Bears up on that game-deciding drive was key. That was a huge play in the game for him to land that punt the way he did. So those
0: are those are game deciding moments, you know, where where you step up and you execute. And the Bears are on the wrong end of those too often. Jaquan Brisker admits in the locker room after the game he's got an interception on the first possession of the afternoon, and it just falls out of his hands. You know, there's a chance there to turn the game, to get momentum, to to do the things that winning football teams do. Demarcus Walker had uh, Baker Mayfield in his grasp at one point, and, and Mayfield slithered out of it and completed a ball for five yards. But it's like you know, it's a, a difference of of. Fit Fifteen mm-hmm. yards in the in this the box score and it keeps a drive going. You you look at all the opportunities the offense had to get going and then didn't. I know you asked uh, in the post game about that drive before halftime where you're on the move and you've got a chance to to kind of put this thing in your your clutches again. And there's a, a couple incompletions. There's a strip sack. The Bears are lucky to fall on it and squeeze the three points out of the drive. But there's always some sort of sloppy miscue that prevents them from getting rolling.
1: Yeah, that that particular set of plays that may have been the worst three consecutive plays I've seen from Justin. I, I I didn't I didn't like that at all. I mean, he comes back. The offensive line is actually giving him some protection on that drive. He doesn't see the receivers come open. Tyler Scott's open. DJ Moore's open. A little bit later, Roshon Johnson is open. He and he he missed all those guys. Then throws incomplete. And he tries to come back on the next play. tries to hit Khalil Herbert in the flat super inaccurate throws that in the dirt then he comes back on the next place indecisive again then he gets sloppy with his ball handling strip sacked in the pocket And it was like dude that's a big opportunity right there you guys are going in right before the half you can get a touchdown there take the lead you're getting the ball coming out of the half i know time Bay ultimately went down and got another field goal but you don't know what happens there if they get that touchdown you're looking at a different situation and you get the ball coming out of the half and so those are the types of situations that you got to take advantage of and i know you know as and you know, just watching the game, we always kind of remember the, the last thing that happened in the game. But football games are won and swung on five or six given plays. And it, it, you never know. It could be the first play of the game, it could be the last play. I was talking to, the, I was on a podcast with Warren Sapp this morning before the game, and he was saying, man, it's going to come down to five or six plays in the game. And you just never know when they come. So you always have to be ready. It's not a small thing to drop a pick in the first quarter. It's not a small thing to not get a fumble recovery when it's available for you, right? The, 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 the Tempe Buccaneers have. The ball pop out that bounce twenty yards across the field, pass about five bears. You guys don't see often enough.
0: Yeah, there's no question. We're, we're, we're going to bring in Adam Stzitzki in a minute because we're going to hand out our game balls from today, albeit reluctantly after this performance. So, I'll, last thing I'll say before we do that is that Justin's pocket presence right now is lacking. It's lacking from the time he takes the snap and seems a little um, almost too nonchalant, not urgent enough with some of the things he's doing in his job. It's lacking when, when, when the, the clock in his head isn't ticking loud enough. There are a couple of those sacks today, Herb, where I'm audibly in the press box saying to Brad Biggs next to me, ball's got to be out. Ball's gotta be out, ball's gotta be out, and then the the sacker comes, you know? And that's just playing NFL quarterback at this point. You're in year three. You got to know what time you have. You've got to feel where that rush is coming from. That that's an instinct thing that just isn't clicking in for Justin right now. And it's problematic because again, six more sacks today, four of those in the first half, it takes your rhythm, it takes your, your rhythm away. It takes your your offense off schedule, and you just don't recover.
1: You don't. You don't have that in internal clock as a quarterback in the league. You got to have that pocket presence and that awareness that just says, "Uh oh, I've been back here a little bit long. I don't feel safe. Somebody's coming from around me. You got to be able to feel those things. And right now, he's just not feeling it. I don't know if he's in his own head. I don't know if he's worried about making mistakes. I don't know if he's, you know, too specifically focused on each little detail of his yeah. mechanics because that can't, you can't be, you can't play the position that way because you're going to be late. You got to just trust in those things. You got to trust what you're saying. Let that ball rip. And even on some of the since you go back to the one last week where he actually rolled out to the right and hit Mooney, he's late on that. If he hits Mooney when he's supposed to hit him, that's a big play touchdown that on the sideline and so it's just about being on time being in rhythm trusting what you're seeing and i just don't think that he trusts what he's seeing right now i don't know that his eyes are married to his feet in a way that allows him to do it kind of second nature it seems like he's thinking about every single aspect of his job right now and at this point some of it should be you know a little bit.
0: I promise you, if I'm yelling, get it out, get it out, get it out. The general manager, wherever he was watching the game from today, was yelling, get it out, get it out, get it out. He's doing the most important evaluation of this quarterback right now. He's got a lot more to evaluate than just the quarterback, and we'll get into a little bit of that in a minute. But let's bring in Adam Zinski our producer right now, and we'll hand out a couple game balls. I told Studs he could be the first one to hand out a game ball, and I know, again, we're going to do this reluctantly because the Bears got beat by double digits once again, and there probably aren't three guys that deserve them.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's all problematic right now. I'm just, I'm just gonna go with DJ Moore, six catches, 104 yards. Like, at some point, they got to figure out just, just throw that guy the ball and good things happen. And 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 at some point, you gotta say to Justin, man, just throw him the ball, like, just throw him the ball, and you're gonna, and good things are gonna happen. Every time they have thrown him the ball this season, good things have happened. So I, he's doing his job right now. So DJ Moore gets my game ball. Herb, you got one. I'm with you on. The- yeah, I'm with you on that, Studs. That's key, right? I think DJ Moore has got to be a key part of this. I've said last week he's got to get off the bus with 15 targets. Like that, that, having two targets last week is not enough. Even seven this week, not enough. He caught six of them. Give him some more. My game yeah. ball, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Chase Claypool. I, I, I've tracked him all summer long with my Chase Claypool leader, and the fans had a lot of good fun with that. I had fun with it. Um, where he's just one of those guys where if he doesn't get involved, he kind of goes into the tank. And so, you know, do you wish he wasn't like that? Yeah, you wish he wasn't like that. But if he is, then you got to throw him a bone or two early, get him engaged, keep him engaged in the game so that he becomes a better blocker on that big run that Roshan had down the sideline. He had two nice blocks on that play. And so you get him you get him going early if you keep him engaged, he shows some signs that he can potentially be a guy that should be a significant piece of this offense. So uh, good on, on Chase playpool for showing some life. I'm not saying he had a phenomenal game, but he shows some life and he gets my game ball today.
0: And this is after the general manager went on the official Bears pregame show and said, basically, it's our way or the highway. And so if you if you don't make the corrections we're asking you to make in terms of effort and execution, you're not going to be here much longer. That was pretty sharp and direct language from the general manager pregame after pretty much everyone in the building said they had a conversation with Chase. You know, it was like we heard from Tyke <laughs> Tolbert and Matt Eberflus and his teammates and the general – like Chase spent the entire week talking to people in the building about how to change his attitude. Maybe that's why he didn't have time for us, Herb, in the locker room. Chase <laughs> didn't talk to us yeah. in the locker room all right, Rendo. so my game ball, it's not, it's not a real special one this week, but I'm giving it to Tremaine Edmonds for just showing up in the in the box score with 16 tackles. You know, I would have liked a few more of those to be impact plays. You know, you didn't see the splashes. You didn't necessarily turn to your left or right after playing and go, ooh, that was special, you know, but 16 tackles. There's some productivity there. Hopefully that moves forward into making some of those game-changing plays that we talked about because the Bears need them to come from somewhere, and they're not really coming from anywhere yet, and hopefully at some point we're going to have like a, a jubilant game ball ceremony on this podcast where we give three away to guys that feel like they really deserve it. It'll be nice. Or after a win. How about a win? Just a What's win. What's that? What's <laughs> that? 328 days since the last one. What's that? Start, starting to
1: forget. Starting to forget.
0: Jeez. All right, we're going to get to our uh, three-word reviews in a minute because, once again, the uh, Take the North audience is stepping up, and I already scrolled through a handful of them, and they are, are very, very good. But a few other notes that I wanted to touch on, her before we roll into that. Uh, number one, some injuries today. Eddie Jackson left the game in the first quarter with a foot injury. Matty Eberford yeah. said he was, quote-unquote, positive, but also couldn't rule out that this was related to the foot injury that took Eddie out for the season a year ago problematic darnell mooney also injured in the same game a year ago <laughs> that eddie jackson was hurt in he left the game with a knee issue you got a couple issues there not to mention uh, jaquan brisker leaving returning with hydration problems those are our three setbacks in game that aren't necessarily easy to deal with
1: lucas patrick also dealt with a knee as well uh, in the game and so uh, the bears are, are are a little bit banged up at some key spots right now. I actually heard Eddie Jackson talking to Justin Fields uh, out is Eddie Jackson was coming out of the locker room and, and Justin's actually Hey, are you all right? And he's like, "Yeah." Kind of just kind of got it twisted up. And Justin asked him, "You think you'll be ready to go next week?" And he said, "I don't know, really, right now." He said, "I hope so, but it's day to day." So at least he seems he's hopeful that maybe he can go next week, but I don't know. You talk about anytime a guy doesn't finish a game, it put it immediately puts at least next week into question, especially the guy with the injury history to that same uh, to that same area. So we'll see what comes with Eddie Jackson. But the Bears definitely got some injury concerns right now.
0: Two other notes from the last 48 hours that kind of hit us uh, from, from the side. Number one, Nate Davis didn't make the trip, did not play against Buccaneers, de- dealing with the death of his mother uh, according to, to, to sources that Brad Biggs has. Uh, obviously, a, a tough thing for anyone to go through, and and we wish Nate and his his family the best mm-hmm. that left the Bears to reshuffle their offensive line once again. To Tari C- Carter's credit, I didn't notice him today, and I say that in a good way. You know, He wasn't getting beat consistently. He didn't look thing. like a weak link, and I, I said going into the game, that that was the case during training camp as well. We obviously saw a ton of time during training camp with uh, Nate Davis out during those practices in August, and so Jatari Carter is, has met his opportunity and, and, and done something with it, which is a good thing to see. Alan Williams, Herb, uh, we learned on Friday, he's been away from the team for several days due to a quote-unquote personal matter, and uh, he was not here, and Matt Iberflus took over defensive play-calling duties. Matt Iberflus after the game today would not clarify a possible timetable for Ellen Williams' return to the team, which was um, attention-catching, I guess is the best way to, to, to say it, and then also said, when asked directly mm-hmm. if Ellen mm-hmm. Williams would resume play calling, when Ellen Williams comes back, said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well, whoa, <laughs> how do we get there so quick?
1: Yeah, I, I, was conf- I was wondering about that coming into this game and just the idea of if the Bears had really played well. So defensively today, I wouldn't say that they did that. But the idea if they had come in here and got a couple of turnovers and and held that offense, you know, relatively in check, I didn't think there was a way that he could give play calling back to Allen Williams. Uh, That didn't happen. But he still was non-committal about whether or not Allen Williams would go back to being the play caller when indeed he does, if indeed he does return, because he's also non-committal about that as well, just like you said. So uh, definitely some some a very very interesting thing. In there again, that's a tough thing for anybody to deal with. And you know, hopefully, he can get back here and, and, and get his mind focused on, on football. Um, because the Bears need him, the Bears need to get that offensive line together. But I'm with you on the Jatari Carr thing, he had a really, really good summer, and the possibility of maybe sliding him into the other guard spot and then getting Cody to the center if that's what you think is the best combination. So, uh, listen, I, <laughs> Lucas Patrick, and you had Feeney in there today. I think that that Jatari Carter may deserve an opportunity until you can get Tevin back.
0: Yeah. Dan Feeney's first snap in an emergency duty went wide to Justin Fields. And you're just like, yeah, this is, this is par for the course here right now. And man, there's just too many TBD things. Uh, Let's get into three word reviews. I promise you that our audience is, is on point as usual. You can check these out on, on my Twitter account at the take the North pod Twitter account Uh, at Andrew Raphael uh, delivers a popular sentiment. He says, he's not it. We know who he is in that, that, uh, conversation with mm-hmm. some people jumping off mm-hmm. Justin Fields bandwagon. Uh, we got to have some patience here. That one's from Chi-Town Bucky. Uh, that's an interesting one. I don't think that sentiment is universally shared from a, a fan base that has sat through 328 days of losing. C. Maury Hartman drops worst fears confirmed. I think that is a, another popular sentiment from people that say, man, not only are we, are we still at the bottom of the barrel, but we might be searching for a quarterback soon, which brings us to a couple of these here. Uh, crash for Caleb. <laughs> we're, we're in week two for herb and we got our first cr- crash for caleb that's from that's from at the dolomite 79 that one's there um fml that one come down a couple different times people uh giving that sentiment yeah. that we that we can't read on here um dennis green's right i like that one from brian ormond because the bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> just in a in a different way right um where is Williams that touched on the Alan Williams saga? That one comes from Alan Rubin. Uh, I'm losing hope. That's from at GB runner. I think you are not alone with it, with the hope loss there. Endless search continues from George Palmer. I'm telling you, like the pain continues. That's from double demon gene. Yeah. I, like her, like you can feel it right. 12 and counting that's from JK Anderson. Mm. I could go on and on mm. because this is this is the feeling in Chicago right now about this football team. And to your point and this will kind of transition us into our our last half ta- topic of the evening. It's not a get well game at Arrowhead Stadium. It's never a no. get well game in Arrowhead Stadium. And so this schedule has set up in brutal fashion where I know you were in the locker room. You were in the postgame press conferences. You heard the Bears kind of clinging to the sentiment of it's a long season. You know, it's a long season. It's a long season. And I agree with them. It's a long season. But they're looking at that with hope right now. I'm looking at it with great dread. I'm like, it's a long season. Like, if this is where we are in week two, I can't imagine where we're going to be in week 12. And it just, to me, it speaks to the point of how long can players – Keep the mental resolve and fortitude to be invested in the improvement process when the payoff isn't there week after week after week after week. Eventually, you have to get some reward to continue leading you through that grind. And that's what I worry about. That's what I worry about because if they go down to Arrowhead, which is very conceivable that they get a, a – a blowout loss by three, four touchdowns next week with the Chiefs trying to get themselves on track. And we walk into week four going, oh my God, like the bottom just fell out of the season and we're, we're, we're barely touching October 1st. Yeah, it's
1: about positive affirmations. And you talk about just natural human behavior. You need that positive affirmations that what you're doing is the, the process that you're, that you're going through is the right process. It's going to yield some positive results. And when you don't see that, you, it's natural just to start to question the process itself and, and your will for it. And so I think they, they've got to find a way to, to get a win. It's not coming next week. They're 0-3. The Chiefs, you can put 30 points on the board for the Chiefs right now. <laughs> it, just, it starts at 30 and then goes up from there. And so – uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, and listen, you thought, you know, you were feeling good at the beginning of the season about the Broncos coming to Soldier Field. I don't know if you feel good about that. I was watching them. They look like a competent football team. And so they can come there and get a win. And then you're trying to see, okay, do they go, can they go to Washington and, and, and get a win? That's a, a road game. It's a it's a short week. So, you know, there are some challenges there as well. And then you come back you got Minnesota. If things don't go there, way soon and then it's just the wheels of fallen it, listen man it, should, it shouldn't feel this bad this <laughs> early. so they're right when they say oh it's early but it feels really really bad it feels it feels the way it felt you know somewhere towards the latter end or latter third of that 10 game losing streak last year and it already feels that way and it's it's not good you walk in that locker room the energy the silence the it, it you can feel it you can feel it. they can deny it and they can say the right thing and say, oh, we're, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep fighting. I hope you do. But if you don't get that reward soon, it could it could go south.
0: Yeah. And to your point today. In Raymond James Stadium. They gave up four hundred and thirty-seven total yards. They gave up three hundred and seventeen passing yards to Baker Mayfield. They gave up 171 receiving mm-hmm. yards to Mike Evans. This isn't the Chiefs. This is an okay offense, but this isn't Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and company. I know they're struggling. They're trying yeah, to get they're trying to get on track. Travis Kelsey, you know, name your yardage amount next week, whatever you want to do there. Um, I yeah, I don't I just I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the tonic is. I don't know where the pain relief is. I don't know where it's coming. And that's I think the most daunting part of this whole process, it's going to be a real test of leadership. It's going to be a test of commitment, resolve, all those things. I think we're tired of testing leadership, resolve, and commitment. We'd like to see a winning formula put on the field sooner rather than later. Anything else you want to add before we we roll out of here?
1: Listen, I think, you know, the Bears are going to have to try to stay the course, right? I know it it seems like doomsday, and we just laid out all the reasons why that's a very, very realistic possibility for them, but they've got 15 more games to play and so they've got to find a way to kind of get back on that horse and kind of you know try to get back on on track here and you know maybe they do you know get themselves up and maybe they do go out there and find a way to steal a game. I don't see a single path towards that, but they got to believe that. They got to work this week like they can go to Arrowhead and come back with the W. And if they do that, then you start to feel good about them against the Broncos and against the the Washington Commanders. And then now you're looking okay. Now now they they can be at three and two. And so that's how they have to start to view this thing before you know it gets really really ugly. But if they go out there and they lose by you know three touchdowns or something like that, and they come back home zero and three. You're you not you're not feeling good about yourself, and so uh, they just got to keep fighting, and we'll see what they can do. Hopefully, they can you know figure out what's going on with some of these injuries. Hopefully, they're not long things. We talk about Mooney and Eddie Jackson, but uh, it's 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 as bad a start as as they could have foreseen. Uh, to start the 2023 it's season. As bad a
0: start and maybe only getting worse. I wonder if Adam Rank of the NFL Network can still find that path to 12 wins that he was optimistic about. I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there. That's Herb Howard. I'm Dan Wieter, <laughs> our producer, Adam Sticinski. Uh Tremendous work today. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable that we're here, but we will get back on it in week three. We'll bring you more information, more news and nuggets from Hallis Hall. Herb, thanks for stepping in for David Haw this evening. Travel safe home from Florida. We'll see you back at House Hall on Monday.